Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Yvette. A focus on your mental health you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hi everyone, I'm Yvette and I'm Ellen and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. We just finished chatting to Paris Mees about all things mental health and transgender identity, trans issues as well and it was really eye-opening. Yeah, um, it was fantastic. I think I could have just kind of carried on chatting for another two I hours. I could have just stayed silent and just listened to her talk because yeah. everything she's saying was um, gold. It did make me feel a bit kind of rubbish that I'm not doing more because mm. you've got someone who's so passionate and is kind of having to take on all this pressure of fighting for trans people mm. and to do that for a long time on her own and now with other people. It's like I feel bad that I'm not you know, heading up and making newspapers like run the headlines really big and I think I was just kind of blown away by having this person who is so passionate and so dedicated to things and has been like actively fighting something for so long and is now starting to see because I think later on you'll hear her talking about how she has hope again and she does feel like things are going to get better and that's amazing Mm. that's a really cool thing to be around Mm. so Without further ado. One of the things that I wanted to talk about on Mentally Yours this year more is um, the horrendous rate of trans suicide there is in the country at the moment. Do you have any thoughts on why it's so bad? We need an urgent public debate on who and what is causing this. Uh, 45% of trans kids in Britain have attempted suicide so not thought about or joked about you know have tried to take their own lives uh obviously the 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 reasons that are going to be really different uh but from my own personal experience I think family rejection is a huge factor uh bullying at school we know that these kids are getting death threats are getting bullied lack of access to support medically and stigma as well. We know that stigma uh, leads to poor mental and physical health. Uh, I read a study recently that suggested that, you know, stigma should be considered a, a public health issue. 
because it's it's so serious. We know that people from ethnic minorities are more likely to suffer from certain illnesses, heart problems, and we know that you know LGBT people are you know way more likely to suffer from addiction, depression, all of these things. And obviously, there's lots of different factors that contribute towards that. But very seldom do I see uh, people talking about stigma, and actually that really matters when these kids are growing up and they're seeing that they're a, a joke that they're an object of pity or, or ridicule or disgust that was the only time that I ever saw somebody like me when I was growing up so I think it's really irresponsible uh, the, the the public discourse around trans at the moment which it just seems to be an excuse to kind of insult us you know and, and these kids are seeing it and it's it's making them feel anxious it's making them feel excluded and we need to feel included and in and in, in community with people as human beings like it's it's essential to our happiness and well-being do you think that it's important that we address it in a separate way or do you think that's counterproductive because i i suppose in one sense it could be sort of a bit of a risk that we say we talk about trans suicide as somehow separate to the whole problem with suicide we have in the country or do you think it's key we actually focus on that as a sort of a separate issue within the wider problem we have well I do think that it's it's a very specific issue but also we're having a much broader conversation about mental health now right you know and, and this is part of that and and that's great and you know if you want to take it even more broader then you know we're having a conversation about so many things that just weren't talked about before, whether it's sexual abuse, whether it's mental health, whether it's transgender, whether it's bullying. And, you know, I, I've been ha having a conversation with a female friend recently in relation to the uh, sort of Me Too campaign and uh, Anaziz Ansari. Um, and, you know, just saying like, it, it, are we just getting upset about this now? And, it, it, you know, it was, you know, we just kind of put up with it before because... You know, I've been in those situations where, you know, you're sleeping with someone and they don't seem like they care if it's uncomfortable for you or it's hurting you. And it's like, well, no, that was always wrong. It was wrong 10 years ago. It was wrong 20 years ago. It was wrong 30 years ago. And and I think the same is true of this. This isn't a new thing. These kids were feeling like this, which is, it's like, how many gay people committed suicide in 1910? We don't know, you know, because it wasn't talked about, it wasn't recorded, but I dare say there were people, you know, we know what, what, what people were, were put through. So this has been an invisible problem. And I think that it, it is useful to talk about it as part of a wider narrative. Absolutely. We know that there's a crisis of mental health and again, various different factors for that, you know, among young girls, the anxiety levels among young men you know the one of the leading causes of death is is suicide so i think that we need to talk collectively about our, our mental health as 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 a society really but these kids in particular we know are 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 highly vulnerable study after study around the world backs this up and people would seek to cast doubt on 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 the fact that these kids are vulnerable jenny murray uh, in her piece, you know, questioning whether trans women are real w women in the Sunday Times. I mean, that that was just rude. But, you know, OK, whatever. Yeah, give her a full four, pa four pages to say that. But she 
picked apart one imperfect study in that piece to cast out, uh, you know, on on what we know, uh, which for me is so irresponsible because study after study after study around the world shows us that these kids are more likely, almost half, everywhere, Australia, America, Canada, tells us the same thing. So why are we saying, oh, well, this, this, oh, well, this study was quite a small sample or this Stonewall study, really respected, well-funded organisation, really good sample size, tells us these kids are killing themselves or trying to kill themselves. Why aren't we talking about it? We And the other thing is, is well, we know what can help with this. It's It's not rocket science. I, I met a, a girl recently, about a year ago, called Kira in Leicester. Trans girl, uh, absolutely gorgeous, blonde hair, blue eyes. Um, she had a brace when I met her uh, and she was kind of at that kind of like, you know, slightly awkward teenage phase, but she's clearly going to be heartbreaking when, when she's 21. Um completely supported by her family. Her school supported her. The 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 headmistress was a no-nonsense, uh, I think she was Geordie. And she said, yeah, no, never had this before. So we decided to do a uh, assembly to make her feel welcome and let everybody know what was going on. We've got a zero tolerance approach to bullying. She's accepted as a girl. That's it. Fine. No problems. You look at the kids that are supported by their schools, by their parents, by their GPs, they're happy, they're healthy. You meet Kira, she's an advert for supporting and loving your kids to be who they say they are. I mean, is it any wonder that that people who are not supported in that way feel so desperate and, and isolated? It's sad because I'm listening to that. I'm like, oh, what a brilliant head teacher. Yeah. But surely that should just be the norm. Because mm. it is with every, you know, every other group should be the same. Well, I, I think increasingly, you know, w- what we're seeing now, we're seeing so much backlash against it, is that for the first time in history, really, some parents are choosing to support their children. Mm. Now, when I was a child, I had it beaten out of me. You cannot be a girl. You know, I was I was bullied violently at school. I got a clip around the ear hole when I got home for talking like a puffer. It was just, you You cannot be a girl. You cannot express yourself that way. You're not a girl. That's it. End of the story. You you can't bully your child into being something that they're not. All you're going to do is make them unhappy. You look at somebody like Kelly Maloney. She tried to transition when she was 17. She lived as a, as a girl for a bit. And then just just couldn't couldn't cope with with the with the, the pressure and the prejudice and hiding from people and everything. And then suppressed it her whole life and what people don't realize that these kids now that are actually getting the support you look at the late life transitioners and people think oh that's just someone's dad who's had a midlife crisis no they will tell you that they felt like that when they were a child but they just weren't allowed to express that side of themselves and we know you know the the only thing to do if you've got a gay child is support them and love them and just let them grow up and be who they want to be. And I think that more and more parents are realizing now that if you have a child that feels this way, you know, just let them express themselves how they want to express themselves because that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. You know, they don't perform surgery on under 16s in the UK uh, in terms of, you know, gender reassignment. In reality, you'd be lucky if you get it at 18, frankly. Um, 
the hormone blocking trial is really tightly controlled. Uh, you know, they, they don't hand them out like sweets. And, and all that does is pause puberty to allow the child to make a, a more informed decision when they are 16. There's so much hysteria around this, but what it really comes down to is, are you prepared to let your child just, you know, if if they want to be called Sarah, they can be called Sarah. If they want to be called Sam, they can be, you know, if they want to play with this, that's at that age, that's all transition involves. It's it's a social transition. So w- w- what is there to lose? And people say, well, what if they change their mind? Well, so what if they change mm, their mind? It's fine. You know, I was, I was bullied to be a boy for like 16, 18 years. It didn't work. It just made me really unhappy. It's, it's not the end of the world. It's not a big deal unless people choose to make it a big deal. Um, so for me, it's just very simple. We need love. Kids need love. It's absolutely essential to their well-being and their mental health growing up. We need, we need to be loved as human beings. Unfortunately, we probably won't have, or not everyone listening would have that sort of situation where they have support from relatives and friends and schools. So if you had a sort of situation where you had a friend who was transitioning, but their parents were very unsupportive, um, what advice would you give them? Oh gosh, I would say to anybody that that feels like that, that I, I know how that feels. And, and there are some really good people in this world that have been through that. Some people who've, who are living wonderful lives now and genuinely don't lose hope because the world is changing and you know the world that that we grew up in trans people weren't celebrated for anything you know the only time you ever saw us we were presented as you know jokes basically and you know we, we live in a world now where trans people are celebrated or increasingly respected and if you can hold on and you can you can wait until you're old enough to make your own decisions then there is an increasingly accepting world out there waiting for you. And, you know, th- th- there is support out there. So it's, it's, it might feel like the dark old days if, you, if you're stuck on a council estate, you know, in, in, in Nottingham or Manchester or Liverpool or whatever, uh, as, as I was. But it, it's cheesy, but things can get better. And yes, they can get worse as well, in, in, you know, before, before they get better. But ultimately you know if you, if you know who you are or 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 you're not sure yet one day hopefully you'll be able to make that decision and and you know just just live your life and be happy being trans shouldn't be a barrier to fully participating in life and and being a happy healthy productive human being you know it's what we all want as human beings right we just want to i think most people just want to get on and be happy and just get on with it, you know, and, and I see no reason why, why trans people shouldn't in, in, in modern Britain. So, um, yeah, just send, send love and support really genuinely, because there will be people out there that feel like that. Absolutely. There will. What about teachers? Cause we've seen various things happening in the news, sort of teachers that refuse to call, um, boys that identify as girls sort of in, the right name that they want that sort of thing so you might have a supportive parent even but a teacher who's not supportive but um if you do have a teacher with sort of the kids best interests at heart hopefully but they're maybe getting sick from other kids or even their parents um other than I mean what could you suggest I mean I'm not a teacher but I I do know that you know having a good 
head teacher and, and a school that's run really well can make all the difference in terms of bullying. So, I mean, that is that is a wider issue, really. Um, but, you know, just to take it back to Kira, she wasn't bullied because her school wouldn't allow it. Mm. So a good school is going to make sure that kids are not being bullied for any reason. If they're overweight, if they've got a brace, if they, you know, whatever it is. If you if you're in a school that takes bullying seriously, and and I think that schools need to have an ex, you know uh, an anti bullying policy that explicitly mentions, you know you're not going to be bullied on your gender identity, mm. you know whether that's you just being bullied for being a girl, mm. you know, or 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 a, a, a sissy boy or a gay boy, you know kids get bullied because of their gender, whether they're they're trans or not, and schools have got to take this seriously. And I, I do think that um, there's great work being done in schools by groups like Diversity Role Models, which I took part in uh, last year with Ollie Alexander from Years and Years. Went to, I think it was Wood, Woodfield High School and uh, met some, I think about 11, 12 really sweet kids and just, you know, talked to them about you know, bullying, it's its not about talking to them about sex or identity or, or, or any of that, really. It's just saying, you know, this is our experience and uh, we had a tough time at school and it would have been better if people hadn't have used words like gay as an insult. Um, Stonewall are doing great stuff in, in schools as well. And absolutely, you know, we, it shouldn't, this, this shouldn't be controversial because at the end of the day that, you know, there may be parents that don't, don't want their kids learning about this, but it's like, well, suck it up because your kids are going to grow up and they're, they're probably going to go and work in an office where there may be a gay or a trans person. They may even sit next to one on the bus and they kind of need to be okay with that and prepared for that because we live in a diverse world and we're just going to pretend that people like me don't exist anymore because we do exist so we need to be teaching kids about the world as it is and teaching people about respect we need to be teaching these kids about boundaries as well I mean we need to be raising boys frankly to have more respect for for for, for girls boundaries so I think that we, we do need much better sex education in this country that's much more focused on feelings and emotions and respect because the, the way that we've been doing things isn't working for us clearly as a society and just telling us how to put a condom on a cucumber is 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 not enough. Would you say that also as part of sex education we should be covering things like gender because if you do come from a family who's never brought that up before, you might react in a not understanding kind of way. Absolutely. You know, these these things are inextricably linked. And, you know, this, this whole idea of, you know, th these conversations that we're having about men sort of coercing women into sex or hurting women during sex, it's like, you know, clearly some of that is down to you know, boys being taught that sex is something they get from girls and, and girls thinking that they've just, it's, they've, they've got to go along with it. These conversations have to be entwined with uh, personal and social development as, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the actual kind of mechanics of sex, I mean, I don't know about you, but you, you kind of work, work that out at some point for yourself, right? Or you, by cosmopolitan yeah, you know, like oh yeah i believe there are videos for that sort of thing now but like it, it, the, the really hard stuff is 
how do you say no mm. when when you you don't want to or how do you you know say that you that you'd like something done a different way or you you'd, you'd like there to be more intimacy and actually these these are the things that are really hard to talk about um that actually make it you know the biggest difference to our happiness in sexual relationships well certainly for me personally you know um it's having you know a sexual partner who's attentive and and celebrates you and and cares about your 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 well-being and and why is that such a taboo to talk about that and and teach kids that you know at an appropriate age of course you know um but at the end of the day kids are going out and having sex at 15 16 Mm. and younger frankly Mm. you know uh i think my mom was like 16 when she got pregnant at 17 when she had me something like that um you know it, it, we we we've, we've got to deal with the world as it is not as 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 we'd like it to be and we do have a, a huge problem with uh sexual assault in 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 this country and and we're shining a light on it now and and I think that all of this stuff is part of that really and I'm so grateful that we can have these these conversations because we needed to, you know, people don't need to suffer in silence anymore. And I think the days where we just lock people in the attic and, and just write them off are gone. And that's great because we don't want to go back to that, you know, and it is possible for us to have a shift in our understanding. You know, there's loads of issues where we think really differently about stuff than we did, you know, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 300 years ago. So it, it's hard and, you know, change takes time. But I genuinely do believe that we can move towards a more caring, empathic, respectful, pro-social uh, community. And I, I kind of feel, just to take it really broad, that actually as human beings on this planet with like what eight or nine billion of us and all of the problems that we're facing, you know, really serious problems. I genuinely do believe that the future of the planet depends on this because how are we going to sort this out? If, if, you know, if, if, if we can't learn to respect one, one another on a very basic level, you know, we've got threat of nuclear war, overpopulation, global warming, drug resistant kind of epidemic, robot insurrection, you know, whatever it may be, you know, like we, we do, I'm not a you know conspiracy theorist, but we do have some really serious issues. And I, I just think that if we can't even get basic things right about, you know, how, how men and women uh, interact with each other and, you know, we'll never get to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, there's always going to be an ongoing conversation, but I just, I, I, I think, I, I think that we, we need a sort of, an enlightenment we need we need to take our consciousness on onto the next level i really really do and in terms of mental health as well like there's a massive crisis so many of us have anxiety and depression mm-hmm. until we fix that and kind of learn to look after ourselves we can't fix all of those other big kind of scary problems like mm-hmm. robots yeah. taking over yeah. do you think there's a noticeable difference between the way that people are treated with mental health issues if they're a man and the way that they're treated if they're a woman Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, borderline personality disorder is a really good example because I know people that are in therapy for that and it's predominantly women that Mm. are being diagnosed with this. so I guess it's almost like the modern day diagnosis of hysteria, you know, like emotionally unstable uh, personality disorder. And I, I think it's really interesting what gets classified 
as emotional, you know, because I know plenty of young men, you know, that, that, that go out and, and get into fights and, and uh, you know, get drunk at the weekends mm-hmm. and, and we don't dismiss them as emotional. Well, I'm sorry, but anger's an emotion last time I checked. Whereas if a woman is crying, she's an emotional wreck. You know, that that's 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 how it's labeled so you know our ideas about gender absolutely inform the way that we frame all human behavior and i think it's good to be a bit aware of that i'm not saying we've got to completely dismantle gender you know but just be a little bit more savvy to it in the way that we're savvy to other things now um but yeah i think that there's i, I really i really do despair for, for for men young young men you know uh i i was in a young offenders institute when i was a teenager and the thoughts of the 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 boys that i was in there with it literally keeps me up at night you know um they had issues around drug addiction you know they didn't have families waiting for them when they were going to be released they didn't have their gccs and things like that these things are so complicated, but it all often goes hand in hand with poverty, poor mental health, poor diets, you know, all of these things. And we, we have to kind of make sure that we're looking after everybody mm-hmm. in society. And, 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 and I would like us to create a more caring society. And, and maybe that sounds hippie-ish and, and idealistic, but I mean, there are a lot of people who are, are deeply unhappy you know, and I I don't think it has to be that way because I've been deeply unhappy before. I felt like I've I've wanted to die and that my life wasn't worth living. Well, imagine if I'd done that, you know. So pe- people out there are feeling like that right now. We need to let them know that they can have a future as well and, and that everybody deserves to be happy. Without getting too personal, can you think of an example of when you were younger and you had sort of a bit of a crisis or something and you needed support, the kind of response that you got compared to a sort of similar situation now? Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know, maybe a couple of things. I mean, I was, as I say, I was bullied quite violently. And I think my dad's response to that was, you know, you've got a whack and back. And I obviously don't think you'd have said that to a girl. Mm. Um, uh, so that was pretty terrifying being expected to kind of wallop lads back because obviously I was a girl Mm. in my head, (laughs) you know, um, in terms of mental health, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult. I guess I had the distinct feeling of being written off as a child and, Mm. and dismissed. And I think that this happens to people from marginalized backgrounds you know you're you're seen as you've got a chip on your shoulder you know angry angry black person or you know crazy trans transgender activist or you know sort of militant gay kind of thing and we've seen it a little bit with um india willoughby in uh, celebrity big brother and honestly i i think her behavior has left a lot to be desired and i i get why people are frustrated with her but it, it made me feel a little bit uneasy because I think people are very sort of quick to kind of you know just just say you know you're bad you're 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 you're, you're a problem you're you're an attention seeker you're this and without really exploring well you know 
if this person's acting like that, where is that coming from? You know, if we are screwed up, who screwed us up? You know, it's, it's, yes, we have to take responsibility for our own actions. But I think that, uh, I, I was, I was very much just seen as a problem because I was different as a child and who's going to have good mental health with that? You know, the only way to get people back on the right track is to make them feel included and supported and accepted. And it's difficult to do that when people don't understand why or how someone's different and that being different is okay. And it's not a threat to, to everyone else. So none of this stuff is easy, really. Um, it's, uh, it's an ongoing conversation. If you are a young person and you're... I am just... You are, you know, still, 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 still young. It's got a qualifier on it. People, people say, you're so young. You're so young. Oh, you're young. And now it's, you're still young. I was sorry. I was, I was thinking more sort of example. Um, if you're in your teens. Yeah, I was thinking specifically 20. people in their teens or kind of just young people in general. Um, and they've always felt that they were a girl but they're physically a boy um but they're not in a sort of supportive environment at all um obviously in an ideal world world they would be are, are there any sort of key things you could advise them to do for example are there communities online at all that are supportive i think there are particular charities i mean obviously stonewall sort of the obvious place to start uh i think that i mean <laughs> if they can find at least one person in their family that understands and accepts them, that can be very validating. I had people in my family, you know, who would let me play with girls' toys and would, uh, you know, respect respected the fact that I wanted to be a girl. Obviously, my parents weren't there and, and at, at that stage in, in terms of supporting me. Um, so that was really difficult. But, you know, you, you must know one person who's going to accept you and love you no matter what. There'll, there'll be someone. And I think you'll probably have a good sense of who that person is and 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 that you can trust them and open up to them. And you may risk rejection or, you know, feeling uh, humiliated. Uh, and I, I, I can't rule that out completely, but I suspect that there will be somebody and, and, and that's the person you need to go to. Mermaids is a really great charity if you've got the support of your family. I, I just wish that my my parents had had them, you know, they do, I mean, literally life-saving work because these families are so isolated, mm -hmm. you know, just normal mums and dads up and down the country dealing with horrific stress. You know, I've heard of people where they, they've allowed their child to transition socially and then they've had uh, journalists come to outside the house. People where, you know, old friends have said they don't want their children playing with their children anymore um, and sending hate mail in the local community. People have had to move. People have, you know, it's torn marriages apart. We're not hearing these people's voices because a lot of them just want to get on with it, don't want unwanted tabloid attention for their mm -hmm. children, don't want to cause a scene. They just want to get on with it. So these people are, are seeing the kind of public discourse and that's another reason why I think it's so completely irresponsible that uh, all of the misinformation that's floating around at the moment isn't just, 
you know, it's not that it's offensive. It's the fact that it may actually be discouraging parents from seeking potentially life-saving therapies for their children and from supporting them fully. You know, one story that really broke my heart uh, a few years ago, I think it was two years ago now, actually, because we're January, aren't we, was Leela Alcorn. Yeah. You know this one. Yeah. So her uh, parents tried to force her to be a boy. She was a trans girl. Uh, they took her to a pastor who tried to help her, you know, pray away the gay. Um, and they they made her isolated and she she killed herself and she she left a note saying, fix society, you know, laying the blame very squarely on society for the way that she'd been treated. So I really hope that any kids that are feeling desperate won't, you know, resort to that because you know, a year seems like a long time when you're 17, but you are soon 18. And and then you can do what you want. Also, you know, I mean, what am I going to tell teenagers that they don't already know, right? But YouTube is full of people documenting their transitions and, uh, you know, having great lives. Uh, so it's, I, I do think it's a different world, actually. Because I just remember thinking when I was 14 that I was the only person in the world like me. How ridiculous is that? You know, but at least, at least kids now, you know, can actually look and see Google. Because I remember that when I first transitioned, I was like, I've got to Google. There's got to be some trans people that weren't just like shat on, <laughs> you know, like they'd actually done something good. And were respected. And I, I googled Christine Burns, who uh, was one of the campaigners that brought, you know, brought in the legislation that means that you know we can change our gender legally in 2004. And she got an OBE, and that just blew my mind. I was like, what a trans person has been to Buckingham Palace and met the Queen? Because you know, I've been brought up to think you may it was like being a paedophile or a Nazi or something. It was literally just, you may as well have been illegal to be transgendered. And I, I, I would just say, you know, get on Google and have a look at who's out there because there's some really awesome people out there and you're not alone. You spoke briefly about kind of the media and media attention on parents. What can the media be doing better? Because we often do not get it right. No. Well, I, I, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Mm. I think that journalists in this country have completely failed mm. to do their jobs because they haven't informed the public yeah. about the facts. They, they simply haven't. The public are misinformed, and they've, they've, they've been lied to in many instances. My parents simply didn't have the information to support someone like me. It hasn't been locked away. It's not a secret. You know, there, there are studies. Um, that are decades old now that 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 show that supporting people to be who they say they are is the best course of action. It's 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 really not controversial. Every major reputable uh, psychiatric institution in the West says that we support people to be who they say they are. Conversion therapy doesn't work. Trying to dissuade people from being trans does not work. It's proven to be both ineffective and dangerous. And it's widely condemned by the NHS, uh, the, the White House, uh, the, the psychiatric organisations. That's not what we're hearing. We're just hearing, oh, you know, kids are too young and oh, this and that. I was watching uh, Question Time 
just before Christmas. And uh, people were saying, you know, should, 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 should little children be allowed to change their gender? And the author... And the author, Val McDermott, was saying, you know, oh, I feel a bit a bit anxious about this, you know, and, and we shouldn't be giving surgery to under-16s. And the audience clapped. And it's like, what are you clapping? Because that implies that surgery is given to under-16s. Mm. It's not. And there wasn't a single person on that panel that was aware of that or the facts a very 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 basic simple fact and not a single person and that is the level of the public yeah. discourse that we're having why haven't we been told about these suicide statistics you know every single day there's a story about transgender people in the media you know uh you know somebody comes out as trans it's this big controversy uh, you know, a, 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 a child is trans or a school changes its um, school uniform policy so that boys can wear skirts. I got invited onto this morning to discuss that one. You know, when Kelly Maloney came out as trans, I got invited onto every single news show in Britain to discuss whether she had a right to call herself a woman. I got invited onto Newsnight to discuss whether or not Kelly Maloney had a right to call herself a woman. The Stonewall report comes out saying that nearly half of trans kids in this country have attempted suicide. Where's the headlines? Because it wasn't in the sun, wasn't in the mirror. I don't believe it was in the metro. I don't believe it was in the evening standard. It wasn't on Newsnight. It wasn't on this morning. Just tumbleweed. Silence. I think The Guardian did a report on it. But, you know, there wasn't a leader or it, it passed without comment in the comment pages. Why? That's an actual thing that's happening. Mm. Children in this country in 2017, sitting there feeling so desperate that they don't want to live. Nobody wants to talk about it. And I suggest that the reason for this is that actually to do that would actually mean that journalists have to look at the culture of bullying and misinformation that they're complicit in. And that's a huge part of what my book is about, actually squarely laying the blame back on society and, and, and looking at who, who and what is causing these, these kids to feel like that. But we will have the conversation, you know, um, but we haven't, we haven't been having it. And journalists are not doing their job. They're not telling people about the facts about what's going on. We talked a lot earlier about supporting young people and um, teenagers in schools. Um, how can we support people in the workplace better? I don't know, really, because uh, I'm a freelance journalist. So <laughs> I just basically go for lunch and go on telly sometimes. Um, I do know friends that have had a really, really, really tough time at work. And very often you'll be the only trans person in your workplace. So it's the same old story of isolation. Um, I think that you know, always finding allies and support is useful, whether that's creating an LGBT organisation within like a society, within if you're in a big, uh, you're with a big employer, that can be useful and, and getting support there. Um, know your rights. You know, we, we do have, 
equality legislation that protects people from being discriminated against, uh, you know, because of their, their gender identity. And, uh, yeah, just, just, I would, you know, seek support. I think that, you know, it's much easier to cope with things when you are, are in a good place generally in your life, but that the reality is that things are tough and, you know, there's discrimination out there and a lot of it is, is invisible. I mean, how do you know if you, if you've gone for a job and you've got two candidates, they're roughly of the same, you know, ability and you've just got somebody who thinks, oh, we don't want we don't want a trans person working for us. And there are more and more. Like my auntie was telling me she uh, went to a supermarket the other day and she said she feels sad because there's always a woman that serves her who looks like she's a trans woman early on in her transition and, you know, always looks down and looks very shy and uncomfortable. But good for her, you know, and, and she seems to be supported by her colleagues. And it's it's really sad. And again, I don't have all the answers. Part of the reason that I wanted to be a writer is because, you know, found you know the idea of working with with people in an office all day just really stressful you know um life is really is really stressful for trans people and I'm I'm a relatively privileged trans person now and I wouldn't want to be having to look for jobs you know if I if I was looking for a sort of office job I think I would be looking within sort of you know liberal sort of publications or within the LGBT charity sector not saying that I couldn't work somewhere mainstream um but uh yeah I mean, it's just you know it's, it's travel yeah every everything is more complicated and I, I don't mean that it's not you know oh woe is me and trans people are victims but it's you know that that is the reality that many areas are just and and the things we're talking about it's just about participating in life you know just people want to work they want to do something that's meaningful and and hopefully isn't too boring and and I think most people do want to work and get on with their lives and and you know a lot of trans people don't feel comfortable doing that but just I think a lot of it comes down to self-respect know that you deserve to be respected at work mm. and that you deserve to be treated the same as as everybody else and just know your rights it must be very difficult I can imagine because just down to sort of little details like workplace uniforms if you're in a sort of fairly conservative place where you know men wear ties and shirts and women wear heels and mm. dresses to sort of am I right in thinking that you still have to live um as the, as the opposite gender for a year when before you can actually medically transition is that still right uh yes I think that's that's the guidelines I mean they're they're constantly re reviewing this stuff but generally they're they're saying you know that you have to have a period of living in your target gender mm. that's um, always seemed incredibly cruel to me just because if you've known your whole life that you you know that you are that gender to then sort of you know, prove it and be sort of almost yeah. halfway in between I mean yeah. it's well bit... tell me about it I mean I walked around Brighton for a year um wearing girls clothes but without the hormones that when I did get them eventually allowed me to you know pass touch wood most of the time, you know, um, and it was horrible. I would get abused sometimes in the street. That's the thing. Unnecessary. Mm. It's so, it's, it's, it's so, I mean, it's the difference between getting abused every day and not. I do know people who work in very traditional industries uh, that haven't transitioned because they can't or they feel that they can't or it would just be too complicated wonderful immigration lawyer Sonia Burgess who uh was killed 
a few years ago, she changed the face of immigration law in the UK. And it was only after she died that it came to light that, you know, she'd been leading a double life kind of thing. But it was, you know, at, at work, it was seen as more professional for her to present in, in the male role. But actually, in her personal life, she was Sonia. And there were lots of people making these compromises. So um, it's, it's, it's not easy in a society that is really gendered and you know people take gender really seriously Mm. it's not just trans people it's everybody else yeah that's that's you know enforcing this and policing it and getting every day i'm getting very caught up it seems on clothing is a very particular one you know whether you're wearing male or female clothing and loo seem to be a huge thing it's just sort of minefield and the thing is well i don't think it's that big of a deal i mean why don't just make them all unisex we don't have to worry about it and the same with clothing really like what does Mm. it even matter the same with pronouns people act like it's this huge inconvenience Mm. to them to just swap on a personal level how do you make sure you're looking after yourself and dealing with the pressure of being a spokesperson for trans people and also just having your rights questioned every day Ah, well, I mean, it is really tough sometimes. I'm not going to lie. You know, behind the scenes, I've had more sort of uh, uh, breakdowns than I I care to admit, really. Um, And I think particularly a few years ago when there weren't really any other trans people's voices in, in, in Britain, frankly. Um, I'm not saying that I had a huge platform, but it was... You know, when I did question time, there just there wasn't anyone really apart from, I suppose, Lauren Harris. Um, and then, you know, Kelly Maloney came out and we've got Juno Dawson. And you know, now there are people. So I don't feel that pressure. And I genuinely did feel the pressure before. Because yeah, oftentimes if I didn't say something, yeah. it wouldn't get said. And that's not me thinking, you know, I'm the only one. Um, it, it's it's not an arrogance thing. I mean, that, that was the situation. And I'm so glad we've got people like Sean Fay and, uh, you know, Fred McConnell, who's at The Guardian. There, there, there are people now. So I, I do feel supported. I feel that I've got other trans people in the media that I can talk to that kind of understand the the unique pressures, particularly, you know, about how I look. That, that's a huge anxiety because, you know, I'm, I'm scrutinized, you know, as a woman in the media, you're scrutinized. But as a trans woman, it's kind mm-hmm. of like you scrutinize times 10 yeah. kind of thing. So you're thinking constantly about what, what, what you're saying, what, what, you know, how you come across. Are you likable? Are you, di- or, you know, and feeling, you know, like you not representing because I can't speak for all trans people, but trying to speak you know, up for, mm. you know, the community and and and, and ampl- amplify other people's voices. But, um, I mean, I am a damaged LGBT person. You know, I think a lot of LGBT people are. And I had a really serious mental health dip last year. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I ended up in A&E. And I will talk about this in more depth when, when my book comes out. But you know it's it's really easy to look at people on the outside and think well they're sorted and i'm probably one of the most privileged trans pe- trans women in the country you know like by many measures so what about somebody who is getting abused every single day you know and is is getting messed about by their doctors and isn't getting the healthcare that they need and their their families haven't spoken to them. And then they're seeing all of this stuff in the media. It really upsets me. It really, really, really upsets me when I read this stuff. And I, 
because it's it's my life you know when I see this misinformation out there it's not just a dispassionate thing it's like this is the misinformation that meant my parents couldn't support me when I was growing up I have an emotional response to that so it's 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 tough because you go into these debates and the other people it's no they've got no skin in the game so I I came away from a, a TV discussion once and you know at the end the host was like oh that was a that was a good lively debate wasn't it you know and then the producer goes oh you know cars are here kind of thing and I was just like no it wasn't like I'm literally here like defending my right to exist you know this isn't an academic debate for me and I, I think that this is what a lot of people don't realize like it is so exhausting having to endlessly 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 talk about you know we're not having an argument about well you know should the trains be privatized or or nationalized or you know what's the best way to you know make sure we don't have a litter problem it's like you're literally talking about should I be allowed to use the women's toilet you know am I authentic am I mentally ill and it's 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 horrible it, and it really genuinely upsets me sometimes but that's why I'm doing it because I care you know I genuinely 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 really care and we it it, it just cannot go on like this you know it, part of the reason that I became an activist was was selfish because my life was literally unbearable as it was and I thought, okay, I want to change myself and I want to change society. You know, I want to make myself look more feminine so that I just get less hassle and I can just get on with it. But also society needs to change as well, you know. Um, and I think that it has started to change and and life is a little bit easier now. And, and I've literally benefited from, from, from that change uh, myself. So we've, we've got a lot further to go. And, um, I often say to people, you know, I, I could have been an astronaut or something. I mean, maybe I wouldn't have been clever enough or, or strong enough to have been an astronaut, but you know, the point is, you know, we, we are having to spend our lives trying to combat this and, you know, that, you know, this, this is what I've chosen to spend my life doing because it needs doing, but it's like, we should be doing other things, not, 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 not constantly, endlessly fighting to be treated with basic respect, you know? Um, and I don't, I don't mean that in a kind of little poor me kind of way, because I, I love, I love what I do and I've had some wonderful opportunities and it, it gives my life meaning. It, it really, really does. And it, and it makes me happy to feel part of a community and, and something bigger than myself. And I think that's what, that's that's what gives me hope and gives me strength and, and gives me, me me courage to move forwards, knowing that there are really great people in all walks of life that are fighting for a kinder, better, safer world. And and and, and that's that's a really beautiful thing to, to feel a part of. So this is goodbye from mentally If 
you're struggling with any of the issues we've discussed today on the show or having any mental health issues generally, please contact the Samaritans on 116-123 or go to the website at samaritans.org. We also mentioned mermaids in the show. Um, They provide help aimed at supporting transgender young people. Um, They have support for parents and also for young people. They have forums for both of them. They also have a helpline, which is 0344-334-0550. Or you can email them, which is info at mermaidsuk.org.uk. Also, there's obviously Stonewall, which can give you lots of help and guidance. Their number is 08000502020. Lots of zeros. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a review on iTunes and give us a follow on Twitter. We're at Mentally Yours, spelled Y-R-S. You can also come and chat on our Facebook group, which is just Mentally Yours. And there we can talk about the show in general or just mental health. Mm. Anything you want, really. We're just hanging out there. Thanks very much to our producer, Sam Bonham, to Lucy Baker for the jingles, and of course to Paris Lees, our wonderful guest. See you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 